Hello and welcome to the Business Whisperer podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Adila Rafiz, the global business whisperer. If you are wondering how to create a life in business that is intuitive, authentic, and successful, that is exactly what we are here to help you do each and every week, where we bring you episodes, interviews, tools, tips, everything that you are looking for to help you realize that the most important ingredient in your business is you, and listening to the whispers of your intuition, your gut instinct. It has helped me create a business beyond my wildest dreams, and I'm here to now help you do the same. So if you are ready to download some of this business whispering magic into your life and business, stay tuned because you're in the right place. Hello and welcome everyone to today's episode of the Business Whisperer podcast. Not only am I super excited to be kicking off our interview series for 2021, but I can't think of a more amazing guest to do it with. So Smriti Shivdasani with me all the way from India. I am not going to do her justice by doing the intro of her that you are going to hear, but I have known Smriti personally for at least five years now and we have been working together. She contributes hugely to my business which is a global facilitation business. She is a global and international facilitator and coach in her own right. She has many many loyal clients and customers all over the world. She also is someone who plays a massive role in her Buddhist community in India and her backstory that I know just from the last what 20 years where she has been in industries ranging from real estate jewelry and then coaching and facilitation she has covered each of those industries and reached really high levels of success and then decided to move on to the next thing and so Smriti is just an overgiver and an overachiever and someone you definitely want in your corner. So today we're going to be asking her to help us decode not only her secrets to success and how she has managed to create such a phenomenal life and business despite everything that life has thrown at her and we will ask her to go into that a little bit and also to talk us through her crazy schedule and what her tips for other people to kind of raise the bar for how much they do as online or in-person business owners and entrepreneurs in today's day and age, we are going to be asking her for her insights. So Smriti, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much, Adila, for having me here, for inviting me for this conversation. I think it's such great good fortune for me to be here, really. And it's been such an amazing journey when we first met that evening so many years ago and how we've traveled together and what we have created together. I think it's my great good fortune that I have you in my life and I get to work with you and enjoy the magic that you be. So really, thank you and a big hello to everybody out there listening to this. Welcome. Oh, thank you. Try not to make me cry in the first five minutes, Marie. <laughs> <laughs> okay. well, I hold you in such high regard and I love you. Oh, I love you too. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 
I want to give people a little bit more insight into who you are and also what your background is. So you're welcome to take the next five minutes or so to talk us through uh, your background and how you got to where you are today because it's an amazing story and I'd love everyone to find out a little bit more behind maybe the Smriti they know now, the facilitator and the coach, but take us back a little bit. Well, I belong to a very middle class family from India and my childhood was not the nicest and the best. At a very young age, I used to say I was packed off to a boarding school <laughs> instead of saying I was going to a boarding school. Yeah, but where my dad was, wasn't a place where there was great education available. So I studied in a boarding school and I think that was quite a big shift in my life and it shaped my life in a very big way. And my experience was not exactly the most pleasant. So it ended up making me a very bitter person who felt that the world was a pretty mean place. And not knowing that your point of view creates your reality, basically from there, I created most of my big part of my life, which means not very pleasant, very rocky, up and down. I did have my good moments, but then also like not so pleasant moments. And while I was very bitter about it for the longest of time, but in hindsight, as I got introduced more and more to life, I realized that every bit of my journey was a stepping stone to get to where I am today. So in hindsight, I have a lot of gratitude, lots and lots of gratitude. And I love the way I have grown from it. So yes, I have literally transformed from a place of being very bitter and resentful and angry to being a very happy person and very, very grateful for my life and for every person who's touched my life in whatever way, good way or not so good way, either ways. And from a place where there was a moment when I was told my way or the highway and I said highway and I had like no money, no job, no roof over my head, <laughs> no money, literally. And I borrowed money. I started my life in my late 20s. And I re-established myself and reinvented myself. And I went on to set up two businesses eventually, a real estate business and my jewelry business. So from having been in the corporate background for a little while, I decided that this is it. I don't want to be anybody's uh, employee. I want to be my own boss. I don't care if I can't earn the big bucks that the corporate job would give me, but I wanted my freedom. I just followed my heart. I think that's the essence of me. I just follow my heart. I go with what works for me. And it means that I have ruffled a lot of feathers. I have upset a lot of people. I didn't conform to the norms of the society, so to say. I was living as a single woman, you know, when it's not considered a good thing, was not considered a good thing at that time. So I've done a lot of things which are not exactly good things by this standard. But yeah, I've done what I wanted and I have no regrets. And I think that's important. And so what if there were a lot of things that occurred which made me angry? But now I realize that it's exactly those things that shape me into who I am. So fantastic. So in short, love my life, love what I have created, and I'm so grateful and happy to be alive. 
Yes. You are like, you're an ultimate creator, I would say. So your your creation and your capacity for creation is huge. I have a question around how much do you think you thrive in creating, especially in the beginning, like with what you're saying with your story, how much of that creation was fueled by the adversity, you know, needing to make it when you've chosen the highway, you don't have a roof over your head, you need to make this work. How much of your creativity and your ability to create your life was fueled by and kind of made successful by the fact that you didn't have any other choice? Totally, I would say 100%. I mean, if you want your next meal, you want a roof over your head, you don't have a choice. You've got to do something. You've got to choose something. You don't have a godfather looking after you. You don't have people coming and, oh my, you know, why don't you just come and stay with me? Or, you know, here's something that you can do. No, it wasn't like that. But I also know one thing that when you are faced with an adversity, when you're faced with a situation where it seems like you have no choice, it may seem like that, but that's not true. In every given moment, we do have a choice. So we live in a world of polarity. So if there is a problem, there's also the other side of it, which is the solution. So the solution always exists. And, you know, it's only later that, you know, when I got into access consciousness, I talked about like the, the key thing is to ask questions. But, you know, we all very naturally ask a lot of questions. And for me, it was like, okay, what now? Now I've taken this big step, I've said my way, you know, like I've taken the highway, now what? What can I do? And at the same time, I don't want to work. So what else is possible here? I think that's a question that opens up stuff. And opportunity showed up as a relocation consultant for expats. And with my corporate background, I did have this organizing capacity. So I said, when somebody said, hey, would you like to do something like this? I said, sure. I mean, come on. I'm willing to do right now whatever work can come my way, which appeals to me at the same time. It's not like I'll do anything and everything. So I liked it. It was like just up my field. And I became one of the first few relocation consultants. Actually, there were no really, not too many. I think there was probably just one relocation consultant at that time. And very naturally, as extension of relocation, the real estate work started. So yes, adversity, challenges, hold within them the possibility of unlocking a capacity and an ability that already exists within you. So for me, adversities, challenges are actually an invitation for you to discover more of you and to step into the greater version of you. That's what I believe. Now, I'm not saying that we must go out and seek challenges and adversity. It doesn't have to be that way. Now I get that too. But in that moment, that's just how it was. Now I proactively create. But that time it is like when you're faced with something, your response or your reaction is to create. So today I have moved that perspective to proactively creating. But yes, a lot of the past, every, everywhere I have emerged was a response to an adversity, for sure. Mm -hmm. And now you're moving into, or you have very much moved into creating from choice rather yes. than from the circumstance. Yes. Yeah. That's a very big difference that I have created in my life. And that's an amazing, I mean, based on the work that we both do, something I talk to people about in classes and sessions is I think when you 
do dedicate enough time to any kind of self-development or self-awareness work, you make this natural progression from solving the problems in your life in order to make it better to becoming the active creator of your life. You know, we go from saying, how do I solve this problem? How do I get out of this issue? How do I find my new job that I'm looking for? To actually saying, this is what I would like to choose to create, to experience. How do I move into that? So it's a super fun transition to make (laughs) for sure. Absolutely. And it's a transition that creates so much ease and joy in your universe. There seems to be like a flow, which is so smooth, so beautiful. And I'm not saying that you won't have your hiccups and you won't have your, you know, many things coming up, which need to be addressed while you're transitioning. But I feel that now, because one is like a step ahead all the time by literally choosing and creating from there, that it's a very smooth flow. Yes, getting into flow state. And yeah, we could talk about that as well forever. So you changed so much, you created your life, you got to the point where you then I think you started doing was access consciousness, your first self development stuff, or you'd done a lot of so basically, I think my journey in terms of change, self-growth and development and change began in 2003, like 17 years ago, when my mom was critical with the cancer. And I was asking questions around it, you know, as to why people have to suffer, etc. And I think because I was, again, asking some questions around that, one of my jewelry clients by that time had set up another second business, which was my jewelry business. And one of my clients, when she got to know about what's going on in my life, she said, hey, I would like to talk to you about Buddhism. And she taught me about Nichiren Daishonin's Buddhism. And uh, I kind of just, you know, went into it like fully. And I asked a lot of questions about life, about death and all of that. And that actually got me to start looking at life in a very different way. First time I acknowledged that, oh my God, I am the creator of my life. Till then it was everybody else's fault. Anything that was not okay in my life was somebody else's fault. You know, those messed up relationships were their fault, not my fault. You know, I was the innocent one. So (laughs) I was a very typical victim, queen. So that's when I started awakening to, so to say, as to who we are all about, what we are all about, what is our potential. Then my mom passed away. And then many years later in 2012, I was diagnosed with cancer. And I think that's when my next part of my journey began. Somebody guided me to an alternate healing session. And when I went for that, a couple of them, and that's when I started understanding that there's a connect between how we think, what we feel, our emotions, and how it creates an energy imbalance in the body. And I said, why didn't somebody teach me this before? I mean, come on, these are the things we should be taught. You know, so I said, anyway, never better late than never. And that's when I went for my first class, which was neuro-linguistic programming, which you call NLP in short. And then I went into Reiki. And, you know, then once you get into this field, how it all opens up. So there was the EFT and there was matrix re-imprinting. And then there was Jinchen Jitsu and God knows angel healing. You like, you name it. And one's been there. And then in one of those places, 
we were talking about access consciousness. I'd heard about it and I said, hey, has anybody done it? I'm exploring it. And within that conversation, someone said, hey, I'm going to be doing my class. Would you like to come? And there I was. And that was a beginning of another uh, you know, phase of life where I saw so much more about life from different areas. And I think that opened me up even further. And then, of course, I've gone on to do many other things besides access consciousness, but access consciousness is one of the main bodies of work. And then I got into uh, body whispering with you. So that became my second big body of work. Then last in 2019, I got to add light key healing systems to my work. And recently, I have also become a life mastery consultant with Mary Morrissey's Institute called Brave Thinking Institute. So I'm a, a certified dream builder coach and a life mastery consultant. So as part of that, I teach a lot of coaching programs. So I've created an all-rounded practice for myself, which contributes to people from all kinds of walks of life. So somebody requires this, someone requires something else. And sometimes there's a combination. I'm able to contribute to whoever comes my way. So yes. And that's massive because as you're saying, you know, the mind is related to the body, to related to the thoughts we think, not just the foods we eat, to the environment we're in. And so when you have a facilitator like yourself that actually has such vast experience and has all of these tools, then the results that you are achieving I know are phenomenal for your clients. I also want to talk more about your personal experience and your takeaways through your healing journey, you know, with getting sick, having cancer, healing yourself from that. Cancer touches so many lives. I don't know a person who doesn't know a person, yeah. <laughs> you know, who has experienced it or has a story about it. So I'm sure they would love your take because it's such an inspiring and empowered take around that journey and that process so please share your maybe your insights your learnings and how you think of that experience sure thank you so I have lost both my mom and dad to cancer and I had a lot of questions around cancer myself so it was like mom going then me having breast cancer, then within a few months, dad being detected, dad passing away within four months of it. By the time my dad passed away, I was better, but I had a lot of questions. And that's what actually drove me into this field of alternate healing, because I knew there's got to be something that can contribute to changing a terminal disease like cancer. One thing that I did understand is that you've got to look within whatever is going on in your body, it's not, I mean, okay, medical community may disagree with this, but this is just my personal view on this is that for me, I feel illnesses are linked to how we feel, what we think, and what our belief systems are. And we can create diseases by trying to understand other people's illness, which we call the biomimetic mimicry. We have that capacity. So at some level, I could have been mimicking my mom and I could have been mimicking my dad. And also, it's also a reflection of all the toxicity that I have created within me by holding on to all those grudges and resentments and the anger that I had experienced so much of to the point of having 
been to this place where I wanted to commit suicide first at the age of 14 and then again in my 20s. So I knew that I was not a happy person. And while now with all these modalities, I had started turning my life around, but I had already had a buildup of that imbalance. And I did not at that time have something like body whispering or access consciousness to tell me that your constant cold that you're getting is your body telling you something. Those constant backaches that you are creating, I'm not creating, that time it's not like you're creating, but it's your body telling you that there's something wrong, Smithy. address it. and you know, you feel so justified in holding on to your anger and resentments because you believe that the other person is responsible and you're not. And you don't realize that you are damaging your own self by holding on to all of that within you. And that creates so much of toxicity. And, you know, our body is an amazing chemical factory, if I may say so. And it creates chemicals in response to what we are thinking, what we are feeling, what we are saying. And so obviously I kept dumping my body with a lot of stuff that wasn't in favor of keeping cells healthy. So my first takeaway from this whole journey was stop being bitter and angry. And even though I had started doing all of that work and I really did a lot of work on myself and yet in 2018, cancer showed up again in my body. I had to have a massive surgery done where they had to remove multiple organs. It's not like one organ, two organs, like five organs removed from my body. But by then I knew, okay, this is just, you know, an accumulation of all of that. And if the organs got, I mean, I didn't even know, you know, I was like, admitted to remove one organ, but when they opened me up, they had to remove multiples of them. So I didn't even know that that's being done, right? But even later, when I was informed, I kind of handled it pretty well, because I think over these years, I've developed a very huge, what, what do I say, strength, so to say, the sense of equanimity of what is, is, I can't go back and change what was, but in this moment, I have a choice to react to it as a victim or respond to it from a place of an empowered person. And so I think how we respond to an illness makes a lot of difference. That attitude that I am greater than this, I am not a victim, plays a big role in your recovery. So that surgery from which I should have taken seven, eight, nine, ten months to recover, I recovered in a record four or five months time. And I was already traveling overseas in the fifth month post my surgery. I celebrated my birthday 15 days after the surgery. Big, You know, like there was nothing. I didn't let anything stop me. And I continue to choose to be happy and not bitter because I have already paid a price for being bitter. And then in the, at the end of 2018, I, I was told it's recurred and has gone into my lungs this time. So earlier it was in my stomach area. They had removed my uterus, ovaries, spleen, gallbladder appendix. Now it was in my, in my lungs and it was a fourth state situation. Nobody was giving me any you know, hopes as in that there is a cure, no clinical trials available, nothing. There's just the standard chemo protocol that can be offered, and that's it. So I used every tool 
that I knew. I, I ran a lot of body processes. I chanted. And mostly, I focused on going within and saying, okay, what else do I need to let go of? What else do I need to let go of? What else do I need to choose? Where am I choosing something unconsciously, perhaps, which is creating the death in my body? Because results are there for you to see. If you don't have a belief somewhere, if there's no choice somewhere, this will not be the effect. So somewhere, I still have something that is creating the death in my body. And I kept at it. And finally, in March 2019, in one of the sessions that I was doing, I discovered that I still had that rage within me. I had forgotten about this memory. I had suppressed it where I wanted to kill myself the first time when I felt so unworthy and such a bad girl that I didn't deserve to live. And I was so angry with the people involved in that incident. And that was my final moment. I said, this is it. I either let this go now, although I thought I was done with all of it, but it showed up. I said, either I let this go now or I continue to kill myself. So I said, okay, this is it. What do I want? Oh, I'd love to choose life because I finally created a life I love. Now, why do I want to go? That time I wanted to go, but this time, now I don't want to go. That was then. This is now. So now I'm choosing life. I spoke to my body and I had some wonderful facilitators. You know, you contributed, Dr. Dane here contributed, Tulika contributed. There was like so many people, so many beautiful friends who were contributing to my life. And I said, you know what? I am not going to let any of this go to waste. There were like hundreds of members chanting for me. My life is precious. And I had to awaken to the preciousness of life. And that's another thing that I would like to share with people that your life is precious, no matter who's done what, who has said what, and what you have learned to believe about you. You are precious. You've been gifted this beautiful life to create abundance, to live abundantly. And so we chose this abundant planet to be on. And we are a gift, all of us. And we have that light within us. So let's shine. So I think I awakened to that preciousness of life. I just continued to hang in there. I had no idea whether I'll be alive in June, not alive in June. But I said, I'm choosing life. And I gave my body the permission to choose whatever it wanted to choose. But I promised it that, yes, I have gone. You know, when you, when you go, when you are not aligned with what you came here to be, yeah, that whole joy has gone out of your life and you're not exactly aligned to what you came here for. I could see where all I was not in alignment with what I had come here for. I was not in alignment with ease, fun, joy, abundance, glory. Majority of my life was on, you know, lack. This is not okay. That is not okay. So I said, you know what? I promise you, we'll have fun. I will rest because that was another thing I never did. We'll have fun and we'll take time out to do things that we love. And this is what I can promise you, body. Do you want to live with me? I want to live with you. And then the body turned around and fourth stage became completely all right. No cancer activity. This was eight months journey. And I turned around completely. So what went in my favor is my willingness to go within let go of whatever was not in alignment with ease, fun, joy, 
glory abundance so i think we've got to become the gatekeepers of our thoughts we've got to be willing to be vulnerable and see if something is not good and something is ugly that's what it is but now what can you do with it how can you use it to your advantage how can you use it as a stepping stone to step up and how can you now instead of focusing on i don't like this i don't like this i don't like this how about focusing on what would i love and then use all your energies to create what you would love so this is a massive shift that has occurred for me i don't dwell on what's not working yes i have it in my awareness that this is not working because if i don't have it in a, in my awareness i also may not have an awareness of what i would really love so sometimes it is your uh, discontent which shows you what you would really love and sometimes there is a very genuine space of longing that you have any which ways which shows you what you would love so today i only focus on this what would i love i would love to have a healthy body okay sure so what would you have to do to have a healthy body what energy would you have to be to be the energy of a healthy body similarly with money similarly with relationships so like i do in my coaching programs i have a vision for myself and all my energy is on becoming what you're asking for in your life so congruence is a word that i first heard from you i remember in one of the body whispering classes i said what is this congruence so that discussion then really contributed to looking at my life in that time when i had no idea whether i'll be alive and seeing where am i not congruent with what i would really like my life to be like and i think that congruence plays a very big role because to be congruent with joy you have to let go of all the hurt pain anger to be congruent with living as an empowered being you have to let go of the blame games and take responsibility as the creator of your life right so the moment i think you start looking at what i would love and looking at am i congruent in my actions am i congruent in my emotions am i congruent in my energy as to who and what am i being and that congruence creates something wonderful so i remember being in shannon o'hara's class once and she's telling me you know when i was addressing the same cancer issue and she's saying you know healing is a side effect of consciousness now i have heard this from many different people many 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 times but i think in that moment my situation was such a desperate situation that i said you know what i need to now look at this statement what does this mean and that's where i had started asking where am i choosing unconsciousness that is creating this death of my body there's some choice i'm making which is an unconsciousness choice and then when that resentment etc that you know i don't deserve to live came up and i chose no i'm precious and i'm worthy and i deserve all the happiness and and i started becoming congruent it shifted i think any problem we may have whether it's money whether it's health whether it's relationships it's a culmination of some choices we have made either consciously or unconsciously change that and be in congruence with what you would really love it may take a little while but eventually it aligns 
So it's like saying, okay, I would love to have a five bedroom house, but it doesn't exist right now. So you create the blueprint and then you start putting in one brick after another, the wooden frames, the doors, the windows and all of that. And one day, whoa, there's your five bedroom. So it could take a little while, but if you have that, what you would love in place and then do what is required to actualize it, there is no way it can't occur. And yes, then to top it, I truly believe there's also that grace, that something that governs our life. And if you don't have it, there's not much that you can do. So for me, everything that I am, everything that my life is, I receive it as a gift of that grace. Without it, I'm nothing. My breath can be taken away in the next moment and I'll not be alive. And yes, I know that death is a choice, but I do believe that there's that something that has created this entire universe and I'm an expression of that. And so whatever time I have here, I am very clear. I'm using this time to create a life I love and have a ball, have a blast. So whatever I do today, I do it from this space of joy and the sense of good fortune that I get to live and I get to create what I create. And we are such powerful creators. I haven't even tapped in probably one fourth of what I'm capable of, but I'm there. I'm never giving my power away. That's one thing I'm never doing. And nothing in the world that you face is greater than the power that flows within you and as you. Nothing. If that power can create the sun, the moon, the stars, the planets, the forests, the lakes, the oceans, and that power flows through us and creates us and our body, can with that power we not create that income that we want? Can we not create that good health that we want? Can we not create those wonderful relationships that we would love to have? So I think awakening to that beautiful, intelligent, creative, loving energy that flows through us and as us, if I stay connected with that, I'm like home. It's when I'm off the track, not aligned, is when I create nonsense. Yes. <laughs> well, I think that's true for all of us, right? And, you know, congruence, we call it the C word around here because I'm always... <laughs> talking about congruence as you know yeah. but what I love is how beautifully you explained congruence can be very conceptual when you say to people are you sure or do you really want what you say you want people say well of course you know of course I want to get better from cancer of course I want to be happy of course I want to do all the things you were saying but the reality of what that means in practice where that congruence comes in is are you willing to let go of all the resentments you hold against the people that wronged you are you willing to prioritize your body are you willing to choose joy even if it looks like you have every reason to choose helplessness and hopelessness and defeat are you willing to be congruent with having and creating what you say you wish to have and walking that talk is is the practice of being alive and having is right and it cannot it sometimes it is not easy you know, when you want to just react and you want to be angry and feel justified. But no, 
I've chosen to be the gatekeeper of what enters my being and my body and sorry, not allowed. How yeah, much ever I may be tempted, but no, this is not creating my life. It's destroying my life. Like I said, if I have awakened to the preciousness of life, I am pretty possessive about it or pretty protective about it. That no, I'm not going to let anything destroy that ease and peace within me. No, it's not worth it. You are truly a miracle. Like you're truly a walking, talking miracle. Because when you explain that process about the number of organs that were removed in that operation, and for you to come back and be as full of life as you are now, I, I actually haven't seen a more tangible experience of a miracle in my personal life like the person I interact with and see and can really attest to that miracle like you are a walking talking miracle and this is what's possible I worked through it all I never stopped working I never stopped attending meetings I didn't stop partying (laughs) I had a blast I want to talk to you about this, actually, because we are on the Business Whisperer podcast and there is so much value in what you have already said. So I don't want to take too much more of your time, but I know you worked through this period. (laughs) You worked with me through this period. You worked, you know, for the Body Whispering team through this period and you worked for multiple other organizations and businesses, including your own through this period. Now, from a place of choice, not from a place, may I please make the distinction of you had to because financially you had no option or you you were pressured into it or you felt like you didn't have a choice. So you were able to and you chose, well, I'd like to ask how you were able to, but you chose to work through this period. And as a business owner or entrepreneur, this is one of the great pressures that we face is sometimes you feel like, you can't stop working or you don't have a choice when there is illness or there is something personal that's going on. And then on the flip side, someone like going through what you went through, myself included, you know, if I had a stage four cancer diagnosis, I'm I'm picturing that my business at that point, I'm not definitely not running it, you know, not in there day to day. And then when you talk about and you show us the example of the fact that actually Apart from those major days, I know you had operations. I know you had maybe that, you know, first week of bed rest and a couple of days where you'd say, hey, guys, I'm at the hospital today for tests or treatments or scans. You you pretty consistently worked through it. So talk us through that choice and that mindset to be able to do that. So for me, like I said, I had awakened to the preciousness of life. And I have no idea, nor do you, what time you've got, right? So for me, each day, it's like I'm going to drink up everything that I can from this day to day. And I know that I have a gift to create transformation and change in people's lives. And I am very grateful for that gift. So I cannot waste any day not being the gift that I have come here to be. And that is what drives me, okay? So if I can contribute to someone's life by getting on the phone or getting onto a class, I will. 
And somehow what I have seen, and it's pretty miraculous, is whenever I have made that choice, like I remember, I am dying of pain. It's hurting like crazy. My colleagues, my family, everybody's telling me, cancel, Smithy, cancel that lecture. I'm saying, no, I am not canceling. And I'm not saying that I'm being unwise because there have been times when I have canceled too, when I knew that I need to, because that's the need of the hour. But there are times when I have refused to cancel and I know that I have put all my loved ones in a place of worry. Like, what is this girl doing? Why is she not listening to us? But, you know, I have been one of those people who doesn't listen to anybody. I just follow my heart. So even if it means I will fall at the end of it, but I've got to do it my way. So, <laughs> yes. <laughs> ready to face the consequences, but I will explore what my heart guides me to, period. So I said, no, I am going. And then I have literally been escorted because I don't have the energy to walk. My feet are totally affected by chemotherapy. I can't put my feet on the ground without hurting. Stomach is hurting. I don't have the energy. And here I am walking in to give a lecture, right? And everybody's like, how will she deliver the lecture? But I open my mouth, something phenomenal occurs. I get all of that energy that I require to deliver what I have to deliver. And when I walk away from it, I have touched 30 lives, 40 lives, 50 lives, depending on how many attended. And I know that I didn't waste my today or I did the best that I could. And I was supported by the universe in being able to do all of that. And at the same time, I am not aligning with, oh, I'm sick, I'm unwell, I'm helpless. Oh, poor me. No, I am going to give it my best shot. If I can't, I will say I can't. But when I know that I have it in me and I can do it. So I have gone past a lot of barriers which are, I think, self-imposed. So I say, be wise. I'm not saying be foolish. Be wise. You only, you will know when you know that you can run that extra mile. Only you will know that. Nobody else can determine that for you. So my mindset always is stretch, stretch, stretch. There's more to you than this. And when I'm willing to stretch, life stretches. And the more I stretch, the more I see myself being in congruence with that power that our life is. So that mindset that I'm going to give it my best shot. When I go to sleep tonight, I'm going to sleep with no regret. If I don't wake up tomorrow, I should have no regret that, oh, I didn't do that. I didn't talk, talk to this one. I didn't, you know, create that value. I didn't create that change. I didn't have that fun. I didn't have that laughter. I don't want to die. I mean, I don't want to go to sleep, forget die. I don't want to sleep with those regrets in my heart. So I sleep a very peaceful person. And every day I'm equally enthusiastic about life. And if there are some mornings when I wake up in, in my universe, I have so many tools to change my energy within a moment. So who you be as an energy influences what you create as your day. So my mantra is be 
high voltage energy. Okay. And when you are happy, when you are excited, when you are grateful, it will reflect in the quality of work that you create and deliver. And that quality in turn affects our clients. And when you are consistently and sometimes even inconsistently delivering from this place of being the best that you can be, that you can be, it's not in comparison to anybody, but the best that you can be and you deliver from that space, it shows in your work. Your sincerity shows in your work. Your heart shows in your work. Your dedication shows in your work. And I think it's that that has kept a lot of people coming back to me every day, every now and then, just like it is for you and just like it is for so many people who give their best to their work. So to be able to go despite adversity, it's that, that I've got it in me and I'm not going, taking it all away with me. I'm going to spend it right here. Yeah, absolutely phenomenal. You know, the two things that I I think of when you speak is that mindset piece. I think another aspect to that is people just underestimate how much they're capable of. And what I see with you, I mean, Smriti has one of the craziest schedules in terms of how many classes and sessions and what she's doing daily, let alone weekly and monthly. I actually don't know anyone, even the greatest and busiest facilitators, coaches in the world, doing the volume of work that she is doing with clients, with the personal high touch aspect that she provides. And looking at that with curiosity and kind of, I wanted to ask you the secret to your productivity and your ability to put out that much energy, you know, and my observation, and I would love your take on it, but I actually think part of it is that where other people would think that's it, that's too much, or I can't go on anymore, or I can't give anymore, or I can't fit anymore, or I'm sick, or I'm not feeling great, so I won't show up today. I think you don't stop there. I don't. Like I said, I want to drink up the entire day, and I want to go to sleep with no regret. So I will do everything that I possibly can, and I will be everything that I possibly can. So I, this is not something I used to do before, but now I do it. I have created a very beautiful scheduling system and I sit with my month and I schedule my month and I know that this is what I would like to offer. So on one hand, I know exactly what I want to offer and there's so much that I want to offer. And then the challenge is how to expand my time and fit it all in. So I decide that this is what I'm going to offer this month. And then I also, in my schedule, forcibly now, put my time off as well. Okay. So I also put my time off because I do need time to recharge myself, pamper myself, nurture myself, you know, lie in my hammock, read my book, you know, soak in the tub, all of that, you know, spend some time, you know, taking care of my head and my body and all of that. So 
all of that is precious to me. My and you have a family. I mean, you know, hearing Smriti talk, you know, you might also think she's one of those women that gets to just work all day because she doesn't have any other major social or familial uh, obligations. But Smriti is a husband and a daughter, and she is very much a family person. It's not at the expense of her yes. relationships or social life. And beautiful friends to hang out with and parties to go for, all of that. Of course, right now parties are on hold, but thanks to COVID. But yeah, I have a full social life as well and the dinners and the lunches and the parties and the picnics and all of that. But I do schedule. I think scheduling helps a lot because it gives me absolute clear picture and I have a very beautifully color-coded schedule. So what is what represents what? And uh, I think that helps me a lot. So I facilitate close to at least, I mean, I've not counted, but at least 20 classes a month. There are like days I facilitate two or three classes, then there are the short classes, and then there are the long classes. So I have different kinds of classes that I facilitate and then sessions to do. So scheduling helps, backed by that attitude that I want to create the maximum value that I can create without abusing myself and my body. So then there are times when uh, there are people who say we would like a session, but I know that I'll be no good if I'm not feeling good. So then there are times when I say no. So that's the other thing I learn to maximize my day is to say no, because then I know that when I don't say no, I can pack in a bit too much and I'll be completely, you know, drained out. So I may think I'm a superhuman and I can do like 50 appointments in a day, but I've got to remember that I have this very beautiful body, which also requires some rest, some recharge time. So I manage my very busy schedule this way by being very organized and planned about it. By and large, I'm a very like, you know, go with the flow person. But with my schedules, I'm very organized, very planned. And that doesn't mean that there's no flexibility in it. So there is a flexibility. There may be a couple of classes here and there where no one shows up for my class. No one registers. And for me, that's not a bad time. That's great. I get to read. I get to do something else. But I maximize my time to the hilt is what I'll say. I don't like minutes and hours just spent, wasted. Even if it is, even if that time is partying or having a conversation with a friend, or reading a book. I'm very ferocious even about my relaxation, is what I'll say. Like, if it's my blobbing time, it's my blobbing time, period. I, I think, I think I'll it's the best. best blob that I can be in that moment. It's the best description I've heard about being ferocious with your downtime. I love that term. In fact, being ferocious with everything you do. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's been such a great conversation. You epitomize the energies of, and it's no surprise, of both body and business whispering. You're actually one of the people that have been doing both modalities as well as everything else you do for the longest. But the underlying energies of business whispering is having a business and a life that's authentic, that is congruent, that lights you up and gives you energy so it's very aligned with you and your body rather than the opposite and I think when you find that work 
I have that work, you have that work, you know, most of our team and associates, we're doing this work that gives us life. And so that is what body whispering and business whispering is about is I really believe it's possible to do what you've demonstrated, which is to have a business that you love and you are so aligned with and contributes so much to you as it allows you to contribute to the world that even when you're sick, even when you're down, even when you're wondering, what do I want to do? You know, even if I don't have to work, this is what you want to spend your time doing. And absolutely. I'd like to add, I'm sorry, I'm cutting you there, but I'd like to add your body and your business is always whispering to you. It's a living organism and it's constantly talking to us. So, you know, my body has whispered to me, baby, you need to let your, you know, all this stuff go. Business has been whispering, you need to add this aspect, you need to go learn this, you need to go add that. And I will give myself credit for that, because I'm willing to listen. And I follow, right? Like I said, I don't listen to others. I just listen to what my heart says, what my uh, business says, or what my body says, what my life whispers to me, that, hey, honey, go here, read that book, do that, you know, like, it's like, you know, you've got to do this. You've got to add this to your life. I'm constantly adding to my life and making it greater and greater and greater. So listening and not just listening. Very often, okay, I hear you, but I do nothing about it, which is how I lived in the past. I kind of know, but I will not do anything about it. But now when I hear the whisper, when my life speaks to me, I pay attention. And I will not say 100% of the time, but I will say, 90% of the time, I follow up on it. And then when I institute what needs to be instituted, which is in congruence with those whispers, I have seen how my business has expanded. Like, it's amazing how I added that light key healing systems to my business. And it came at a time when COVID came in and we couldn't meet clients in person. And I needed something that I could do from a distance. And the timings were divine. But... I had listened to the whisper a year ago and I'd already started instituting it. So by the time it actually came through, the timing was perfect. And then remember how the body whispering, the whole way of how we do it completely turned and changed and it aligned so beautifully with the need of the hour. So when we are willing to listen to the whispers, they will help us stay aligned with what is required for the life to become greater and more abundant. So listen to the whispers, guys. This is one thing I learned in Adila's classes, whispering. I mean, yeah, life whispers, body whispers, really? What are you talking? But when you start listening, oh my God, life is speaking to you in every moment. Are you listening? It truly is. Thank you for that beautiful explanation of exactly what body and business whispering is. And if you're listening to Smriti and you're saying, okay, I get it, but how do I listen to the whispers? Then I actually invite you to come hang out with both Smriti and I, because we're <laughs> in the classes together. Smriti is the regional coordinator for India. She's going to be um, a body whispering facilitator and a certified coach very, very soon. But right now, the classes are all on online and you are welcome to join us and add 
this listening to the whispers of your body and business to your life. So I would love to just put that in there, but I would also just love to let you all know that in the show notes below, all of the links to Smriti, where you can find her, all of the wonderful modalities that she does, whether it's coaching, body work, one-on-one or classes, you will find all of the info to connect with her, follow her on socials, get some of this positivity into your life and some of this life-giving force into your life. Smriti, I'm so grateful for you, your energy, for being here and for this conversation today. Blessings, blessings, blessings always. I can't wait to see what more you create. And thank you for being on the Business Whisperer podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you. I have loved this conversation. Many, many, many blessings to you and to everybody who's listening to this whenever you're listening to this. God bless. You're beautiful. Stay beautiful. And that wraps up another episode of the Business Whisperer podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Your support means the world to me. Now, as always, if you found value in today's episode, do me a favor and share it with someone who you know would love this information or leave us a review so you can help other people find this podcast too. Wishing you so much success ahead. And as always, remember, keep following the whispers.